Never do it again. Your your how do you look at your hairstyle? Look at look at your facial expression. You're mumbling all the time. You may as well give up now. Uh, if you were a teacher and you said that kind of thing, you'd probably be sacked, wouldn't you? But that is how we treat ourselves. That was live video expert Ian Anderson Gray. And in this episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, I've brought Ian on to help you be more confident using live video for your business. It's time to get over the fears holding you back and take a strategic approach to going live and Ian's going to help. So let's go. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome back to episode 67 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of effective video marketing to attract your tribe and grow your business. I'm Ben Amos, and I'm really glad you're here. It's an honor to me to have you tuning into the podcast and sharing the next 30 to 40 minutes with me. As always, my goal with this show is to help you grow your business and be better and more strategic when it comes to using video effectively for your business or for your clients' businesses. So, live video has been a thing now for quite a long time. We could probably take things back even as far as, I think, 2006, when the first live streaming platforms were emerging, such as Justin.tv, which later became Twitch. But it really wasn't until early 2015, with the release of Periscope and then Meerkat, that the idea of being able to broadcast video from your phone live out to the world became a reality and really started to take off. And for me, it was early 2016 that I first started following various entrepreneurs and businesses using Periscope. And that's when I started to really think about the viability and use of live video in a business context. And my first attempt at using live video on Periscope at the time was about halfway through that year in, in mid-2016. And let me tell you, it wasn't easy. I was scared. I fumbled around with it, but I got better. So today, I wanted to bring you a discussion with someone who's fast becoming a leading expert on live video, particularly on ways to get over this fear. Fear of being on camera, fear of the techie stuff, fear of what to say, fear of an understanding or a lack of understanding of how this is actually going to benefit your business. And that guy is Ian Anderson Gray, all the way from Manchester in the UK. Ian is a live video consultant and founder of Seriously Social and the Confident Live Marketing Academy. He helps entrepreneurs to level up their impact, authority and profit confidently by using live stream videos. He's an international keynote speaker, and he's actually a regular speaker at Social Media Marketing World, which, as a side note, I'll be heading over to for the first time next year in 2019. So I'm seriously looking forward to that. Now, Ian has a passion for teaching and making the techno babble of live video and social media marketing easy to understand. And here's a bonus tidbit for you. He's also a professional singer. 
and this comes in handy when it comes to live video, so you'll have to keep listening to learn why. Now be sure to hang around to the end of this one as there's a load of great resources and links to share to help you do live video better. And I'll be letting you know where to find those at the end of the show. But for now, enough from me. Let's get on with the interview with Ian Anderson Gray. Ian Anderson Gray, thanks for joining me today on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. It's great to have you here. Oh, thanks, Ben. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So you've become over the last few years, I guess, somewhat of a live video guru. You might not like that term necessarily, but that's what I'm going to call you here today. So, you know, I guess for people that haven't heard about Ian Anderson Gray before, haven't seen you speak or haven't or aren't following you on any of your social channels, they're not yet. They will be after this conversation today. But tell us your, tell us your story. What got you into live video in the first place? It's a really weird one. It's funny the way these things happen. But I, I back in back in when I was growing up as a, a wee lad, I was definitely a geek. I was in love technology and computers, but I was also a musician. And when I went to university, I had to make this decision: do I go around down the tech route or the music route? Well, music. Uh, led the way for me. I went to music college and trained to be a professional singer, but technology was always there in the background. Fast forward quite a few years later, I uh, set up a web agency and I was still singing professionally and, and trying to make these two things mix. But it wasn't really until I launched my blog, was blogging about social media tools and live video came uh, uh, came on as a big thing uh, with Facebook Live uh, two or three years ago. And I started blogging about how people could use it in a really easy way. Because at the time, Facebook Live was was only available for um, iPhone users. I was an Android user at the time. And it was really complicated to broadcast from desktop. So I wrote this blog post on how to make it, how to broadcast from your computer as easy as possible. And that blog post changed my life. It's had like over 4 million page views. I, I launched my first course from it. I started getting asked to speak on the subject. And I suddenly realized that live video actually puts together loads of my passions. Uh, so it's that uh, my passion of technology, because obviously there's a technology uh, element of live video. There's the performance side of it. So communicating in front of the camera and also teaching because I love to teach people and to help people with their mindsets and, and getting over those fears they have in front of the camera. Uh, so it's the combination of those three things, teaching, performing, and technology, all rolled into one. And so that's, that's how I ended up falling into this space. So was that your first foray into live personally when it was Facebook Live, or did you experiment with any of those earlier live tools like Periscope, Meerkat, any of those tools at that time? So I tried to, but the, the problem was at the time I was, I was an Android user, as I said before. So all these tools were coming out for iOS first. And it got, I got so frustrated in the end that I just marched to the Apple store and bought my first iPhone. Um, I felt like I was walking into the, you know, over to the dark side, but uh, it was the right thing to do. Uh, but yeah, before, so before that, I did try and mess around with Periscope and Meerkat. And before that, uh, I'd try, I, I was using uh, Google Hangouts on air, but I probably shouldn't admit this, but I am going to admit this because I think a lot of other people out there probably struggle with this as well. I was really scared about pressing that go live button on Google Hangouts and showing my face to the world. So I didn't do it as much as I should have done. It took me ages to get around to that. Uh, so it wasn't really until Facebook Live 
And the, the success of my article that forced me to get over my fears and actually go live. And, and then I realized what a lot of those problems are and how I can now help other people uh, with those same fears. Yeah. And I want to unpack some of those, some of those fears with you in a moment, but before I, before I do, let's just bring it back to, you know, today, I think anyone in business or anyone listening to this podcast understands the value or the importance of considering live video as part of their marketing, their communication strategy. But, you know, I think there are still many business owners that don't really see or understand why they should be considering using live in the first place. So if we just bring it back to, I guess, the business case for going live on video, what is it? Great question, you know, because so many people are going live because everyone else seems to be going live and and that's not really a good enough reason. We need to, what is the business case for this? Well, I think obviously video is huge and we can see the value of video. But there are a number of reasons why I think business owners should consider live video. The first thing is that a lot of consumers, a lot of people are getting a little bit put off sometimes by overly slick marketing videos. It's not to say they don't have their place, but the, the great thing about live video is that it is allows you to be more authentic and real. Actually, some, sometimes the mistakes that you make uh, make you more human. And so uh, it's, a, it's a really good way to uh, communicate powerfully to your audience. I think people really like that. They like to see the real you behind your business. So there's, there's, that, there's that authenticity. Uh, it also gives, gives your audience more access to you because of the live element. So they can ask you questions live and you can respond to them. Uh, over centuries, you know, as business owners, we've done business face-to-face. And we've kind of lost that in the last uh, 10, 20 years with social media. It's become a little bit uh, less, less of a human interaction involved because we're not interacting face to face. But with live video, you've got that. You're, you're giving your, your, you're giving access to you, to, to your audience. So that's, that's another important thing to to think about. Um, And yeah, it's, it's just a, a really powerful way to create content as well quickly. I have probably my, my, uh, my, favorite, my favorite content before live video was blogging. Blogging's changed my life, as I, as I mentioned before. But blogging, blogging takes me ages. It takes me days, weeks of research and then actually writing the thing and putting it all together. Whereas with live video, once I've done that initial research, I can just... And I'll obviously sorted out all the tech. Once I've sorted that out, it's just a case of going live and I've created that piece of content. And then from that, I can then repurpose loads of other pieces of content, such as I, I can compose a blog from that content. I can uh, push that to YouTube. I can create Instagram uh, posts from little snippets from that. It's a great place to produce really engaging content quickly and then repurpose that to loads of other platforms. So uh, hopefully that's uh, some you know good reasons why we should embrace live video. Absolutely, all very good reasons. And to reiterate that last point, I've often referred to live video as rapid content creation, and that's one of the key benefits yeah. to it. Is because you actually are you, once you press that go live button, you're creating the content, and once you've stopped that live broadcast, the content's created, you know, and as you mentioned there, there is a lot of benefit in repurposing that content once it's created, but the the hard work's 
done, um, which, which I love about live video as well. And just to touch on the other point as well, there, our, our mutual friend, Chris Ducker from Youpreneur talks about the idea of whether you're B2B or B2C in, in your business, you're, everyone's P2P, people to people. And I think that is something that is potentially missing from this digital economy we're in now where we're, we're now much more low touch, but as we become more high tech, but I think that mm. needs to shift, you know, we need to be high touch and high tech in business these days. So, and that's where live video can be really powerful at bringing that human touch back into business. So mm. great business case. Well explained. Thanks. Thanks Ian. So let's go into, you mentioned there some of the fears that hold people back. So, you know, I know it, you've mentioned that you feel it, you probably feel it less now, I imagine, but I imagine it's probably still there a bit as well. But that fear of pressing that, pressing that button, you know, I had, um, Brian Fanzo from my social fans on the podcast, a few, a few episodes back and he, he's releasing a book called push the damn button. Um, but his <laughs> advice as well was, you know, you need to push the button. You need to just get out there and start doing stuff, but you need to be doing so with a plan, with a strategy. But what do you think it is about pushing the damn button that, um, in Brian Fanzo's words, that actually scares the pants off people? Where, where, oh my goodness, how long, how long have you got? There's so <laughs> many, there's so many reasons for this. I, I think it's because we feel we're going to be judged for our performance and we're, we're scared that things are going to go wrong. Many of us want to be liked. And we're just worried that if we show the real us, and that's obviously with live video, it's far more scary because we are going live without uh, necessarily a proper script and, and you know, cuts. You know, we might go um and uh, like I'm probably doing a lot at the moment. But it, at the end of the day, that's what actually people want. But ourselves in, in our own heads, we our brain is screaming at us that, that we're going to make a, a fool of ourselves. Uh, so what I say to people is, you know, it's, you need to start thinking about your audience and not about yourself. It's so easy to, to get caught up in your own negative emotions and actually think at the end of the day, it's the audience are there to listen to you and for your expertise. And there's no one better than you to share that with them, your perfect audience. So yes, there may be other people out there that seem really uh, confident and, and really good on live video, but they're not the right people for your audience. And that brings me on to the second thing, which is we tend to compare ourselves to others out there. And I do this myself. I, I look out there and I say, well, they, that person over there is so confident on live video. They're amazing. I could never be like that. But the fact of the matter is, if you speak to that person over there, you'll probably find that they are just as nervous as you. Most people, before they press that button, are really nervous. And you need to stop comparing yourselves to others and just start that video journey. Because yes, to begin with, you will be nervous. But over time, you will get more and more confident. But it will never go away. You will always, in most cases, I think, be nervous. I remember back in the day when I was doing a lot, of, a lot more singing than I do today, I was singing a big concert at the Liverpool Philharmonic Hall with an orchestra and a choir. And the rehearsal didn't go terribly well because my voice cracks on one of the top notes. I was going out to, on stage for the main performance and I was absolutely petrified. I was so nervous. But all that adrenaline, that nervous energy was pumping through my veins and I gave the best performance of my life. 
the following week, I was really complacent. I wasn't nervous at all. For This is for a different concert. I went on stage and it was probably one of the worst performances of my life. And the reason I share that story is because actually the nervous energy that we do have before we press that button, I think is there for a reason. It's actually a good way to channel your energy into your performance in front of the camera to communicate um, your best to your audience. So you've got two choices. You either embrace that fear and drive through it, or you give into it and you, you go to bed or you do something, you watch Netflix and, and get on with the rest of your life and you miss out on the big opportunities. You could say that for most things, most of the big things we do in life. But I think for live video, uh, we just need to, as Brian Fanzo says, just press the button. And what would you, what would you say to people who maybe have taken that sort of advice and gone live they've you know had a couple of goes at it even and they still just they hate how they look they hate how they sound you know people are very self-critical you know people watch their own work back and they're probably they're they're probably their biggest you know critics you know and maybe to compound problems nobody watched anyway there was like crickets out there in the live audience so you know they're probably feeling pretty deflated by this stage and think well live video is not for me so what would you say to those people yeah oh well, well i've been there too i mean to begin with when you go live the likelihood is that you won't have anyone watching or you'll have very few people watching there are ways to to obviously promote that and we can talk about that uh later on but yeah to begin with it is it's hard it's a hard slog and we are often our wor- uh, worst enemies. The thing is, if you were a teacher and you were teaching somebody to go live, and then so you watch, you watch this other person's performance, would the first thing that you say would be, that was awful, never do it again. You're, you're, how do you, look at your hairstyle, look at, look at your facial expression, you're mumbling all the time, you may as well give up now. Uh, if you were a teacher, and you said that kind of thing, you'd probably be sacked, wouldn't you? But that is how we treat ourselves. And uh, it's just not, it's not a good way to teach yourself. So what I say to people, and this is really hard, I'm not going to pretend that this is easy, but one of the first things I recommend that people do is to do a practice live. So to do this, just go to your Facebook profile, uh, create a live video post, and then change the privacy settings to only me. So the only person, well, there's nobody that's going to be able to be watching it live, but you can watch the replay. So try that out, you know, plan two or three things that you're going to say. And at the end of it, then watch it back. Now, this will probably be excruciating for most people, unless you are a narcissist. And maybe there are some narcissists out there that love watching themselves. But most of us will be really squeamish at this point. What I want you to do is to write down three things that you did really well first. That's going to be really hard. Focus on the positive things. And then after that, then put, write down three things that you can improve. And that's a really good place to start. That's how I started. And then commit to doing a live video challenge, either on your own or in a group. So say you're going to go live every single day for the next seven days, maybe in a private group with other people who are committed to go live or, or on your own. And this is what I did when I first went live. Uh, in the run-up to Christmas one year, I did... 24 live videos. I would recommend this in a busy time of the year. But uh, I did something called the Christmas Carol of the day where I sung a cryptic Christmas Carol in the morning. People had to guess what it was. And then in the evening, we'd perform it as a family. And my goodness, 
what could go wrong? Everything, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Uh, I, I messed up quite a few times, but I learned so much from that experience. Uh, and I kept going because people really wanted me to. So, um, yeah, so hopefully that's helpful to people listening. Yeah, I actually did pretty much the same sort of thing. I set myself a challenge when I was first committing to dive into live video. This was a couple of years back now, and I did a live video every day for the month of August. And it was, it was hard. It was hard to come up with ideas. I mean, I had some ideas mapped out, but the hardest thing I think was actually um, getting into that mindset to actually press that button, even though I knew I had to do it each day because I'd set that challenge though. I did do it each day, but often it was like just as the light was starting to fade at the end of the day or, or late in the evening when I'm like, oh, I better do it. I've committed to myself because I just constantly self-talk out of doing it, but it did get so much easier throughout the course yeah. of the month. And I got more confident and comfortable speaking to effectively nobody speaking to a camera. Um, and you know, having, uh, a more confident delivery for the duration of the live as well. So let's move mm. into some of that now. Can you share some, some tips from your, from your experience to actually be more confident in that delivery when you are effectively talking to that little black circle or that black dot of a video camera on your smartphone or your, or your laptop, yeah. wherever you're going live from. It's really interesting. I've spoken to a few people about this and I don't know whether you feel like this, but I actually find it easier to speak on stage to hundreds and hundreds of people than I do speaking to a camera sometimes. And I think the reason for that for me is that I can bounce off the energy in the room and it feels a much more natural thing. Whereas at the moment, although I can see you, uh, I'm actually speaking into this kind of, as you said, this, this black piece of plastic and, and, and glass called a camera. It's, it's not a very natural thing to do. I think as, as humans, we're wired to communicate with another human being in real life. So you've got, I think one of the things that's really important is to warm your voice up and warm your body up before you go. Now, I don't, I don't um, suggest running around the house, jumping up and down and screaming as some people might do, but there are some, some stretching exercises and some uh, vocal exercises that you can do before you go live, because I think your posture and, uh, and your voice will be so much better, uh, before you go live. So I always recommend do some, you know, stretching exercises, uh, like the kind of things that you would do before you go to the gym. Uh, and then just to do some vocal exercises, go, go from uh, the bottom of your voice up to the top. For example, and this might seem a bit weird, you could do what's called a lip trill exercise. So going like that. Uh, and then doing some tongue twister exercises or make up some kind of sounds like gada, 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 using all the, the, the high parts and the low parts of your voice. Because when you go live, the last thing that people will want is a really boring voice with just no energy at all. And that's not going to do you any good because you're going to start to get more nervous. The more energy you put into your communication, the better it will be. So I think vocal warm-up, physical warm-up before you go live is, is something that a lot of people forget. And I think it's really, really important. Um, mm. that, so that's, that, that's one thing that you can do. The, the second thing is, is the whole camera technique. So it's difficult on a smartphone because quite often when you're going on your front facing camera, you see a big image of yourself there. And again, as, as I said before, as a human, humans are wired to look at other humans. So you end up looking at yourself and you're slightly off, 
off the camera. So what I t- tend to do is is what I've recommended is a really high tech idea, not which is to put a sticker pointing into your your camera. And I actually did this on my webcam uh, in order to train myself to focus on the camera, not on myself. I actually printed off four red arrows pointing into a space and then put my webcam through it. I kid you not, but that really helped me to focus on the camera. But then think about your perfect client, your your best friend, as just being like a foot behind the webcam and focus into them uh, and just have a bit of fun, you know, just before you go live, uh, you know, just, just smile. And it's, if you do some of those silly vocal exercises that I, I gave, you probably will be laughing just before you hit that button. Uh, so those are, those are some ideas. Uh, but obviously the other thing that will really, really help is having a plan, knowing what you're going to be talking about. And if, if you, if you click that red button and you have no idea what you're going to say, well, yeah, you've probably got good reason to be nervous. So plan out like a structure to your live video. Maybe think of three things that you're going to share and memorize the first thing that you're going to say. And I always recommend the first things that you say to people are probably welcoming your replay viewers, which are the people watching in the future. So just say, you know, thanks so much for watching the replay because your live viewers at this point won't be watching. And then introduce yourself and what you're going to be talking about. That's great because the people who are watching will know exactly what we're going to be talking about, but it also reminds you of what you're going to be talking about as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're all really good tips. And when it comes to those, those physical and vocal energizing warm-ups approaches that you shared there, I think it it's something that as a video producer, even with pre-recorded or recorded and edited video, it's something that I'm always working and coaching and directing our on, on camera talent in getting more energy into their voice, you mm-hmm. know, simply by bringing themselves plus about 10 or 15% is the way I normally describe yes. it, kind of adding just a bit more because it, it translates into more energy and more interest in what can otherwise very quickly become a flat and boring and yeah. disengaged, um, which mm-hmm. you're not disengaged or boring as a as an expert sharing your value through a live video. But sometimes when you haven't got those people, the energy in the room to bounce off, like you yeah. talked about there, it can be very easy to, for it to fall flat. So, well, we, we, that's awesome. we, we, you know, if we were talking, you know, together, like if we were down at the pub, then we'd probably, we wouldn't be talking like this. How are you today? You know, that would be over the top. Yeah, but, too much. Too much. But on a on a live video, you do need to raise up the level a lot more than you would possibly think. And this is not to say you become a different person. So again, this is when the comparison syndrome can come in. You can you look at other people who've got so much energy, maybe much more than you do. We're, we're not asking you to become that. We want, I think we, you need to remain you, but you need to kind of pump up the energy I mean, I would say it's more than 15%. It's, it's probably to, to, to you, it probably feels uncomfortably energetic if you're quite a, you know, quite a kind of low energy person normally, but you do need to put loads more energy than you think you do. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So I want to, um, I want to move on now because I want to get into some of the, some of the more technical stuff. Now I don't want to go too technical, but I think one of the other barriers potentially for people going live is, you know, just fearing that something's going to go wrong. You know, the sound's not going to work or, um, you know, they're going to get the camera at the wrong angle. So it looks up their nose or something like that. So, (laughs) you know, I think people get worried about this. So, you know, what can you say when it comes to organizing and, and approaching the technical aspects of going live to make it easier for people? 
Well, the first thing is things are going to go wrong. So you may as well get used to that with the, with the realm of live video. I mean, live video has been around for years and years, but it's still surprisingly buggy in places. But there are loads of things that you can do to reduce the likelihood of that happening. Uh, and I learned this the hard way uh, by doing that daily live video. Uh, because when things went wrong, I sometimes didn't have a backup. So for example, one of the big things is your internet. If your internet is dodgy and doesn't work, then everything goes down. And if you don't have a backup plan, then you're stuffed. So I, I would always say, create a, a checklist of things that you need to do, like a flight plan of all the stuff that you need to do before you go live uh, and test and practice like mad. So I mentioned, for example, going live to just yourself. That's a, a really good thing to do to begin with. Just check your internet connection is okay, that the sound is working just by going live to yourself uh, and then watch it back, make sure that everything's okay. Uh, the other thing is check your internet connection. So your internet uh, speed can fluctuate quite a bit. What's really important with live video is a good upload speed because you are broadcasting. So this isn't highly technical, but all I would recommend that you do is download a speed test checker, such as the, the one I like to use is called speedtest.net, and it's available on Windows and Mac and uh, uh, iPhones and Android phones. You just download the app and just check that before you go live. Because I've had this, uh, I'm just about to go live. I've checked my internet speed, and for some reason, it's either down or it's just not working properly. If that's the case, I've got another option. I could maybe go somewhere else or I could tether from my, my phone. I can use my 4G on my phone. That might be quicker. So check that, check that first and make sure that that's all working well. Uh, the other thing is don't overcomplicate things. So start small. Start just broadcasting from your phones. You could do that from your iPhone or Android phone. Uh, and over time, once you get more confident with the tech, you can then start to look at broadcasting from your desktop. Uh, and again, start small. Start with uh, some easy-to-use software such as Ecamm for, for Mac and for PCs. It's a bit more difficult. There aren't so easy pieces of software, but probably BeLive is a good place to start. They're really good tools that work on both Macs and PCs. And work your way upwards uh, until you get to the likes of Wirecast and OBS Studio and vMix and all those crazy tools that do amazing things but they've certainly got a bit of a learning curve and you do need to have some good hardware uh, such as a you know, pretty powerful computer to, to do that. So I'm a big believer in bootstrapping your live video studio. You might have dreams of like this big multi, you know, $10,000 studio with amazing lights and cameras and everything, but just start small and, and add slowly to your kit over time and, and just make sure you're growing your confidence with the in front of the camera and also with the tech slowly over time. I would say probably, and interested to hear if you agree here, that if when you are starting out, the best option is to remove any of those software options and just to go yep. live in the app, you know, in the Instagram live or the Facebook live app, because it actually, it's, it has improved, you know, the tools that mm. both on the desktop for Facebook and also on the, on the, the app, on the handheld device, the ability and the, the way for it to really seamlessly work is has improved a lot, hasn't it? I remember it was quite buggy and hard yeah. to figure out how to work it. But now it's right there in when you when you go to post a, a status update on your on your page, it's an option next to like upload a photo. You know, it's like go live. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's 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 really easy. And, and the things that you can do to enhance, I would always say start on a mobile device because it's, it's it's it is a lot more difficult on a on a desktop, and I'll explain in a minute. But so go live on your on your smartphone. You can add things like uh, enhance the sound with plugging in a, an external microphone, like a, a Rode Laverall Plus uh, is a good one to do to use. Uh, you could look at getting some extra lenses. You know, you can get some lenses, some wide angle lenses and, and things like that. You can get a tripod. Loads of things you can do to enhance the the uh, experience on, on a smartphone. Once you move to desktop, there are loads of advantages in broadcasting from desktop, uh, such as being able to share your screen and you can use multiple webcams and stuff. But you do need a fairly powerful computer. I know people that have tried to go live on a MacBook Air or a cheap PC laptop and they've really struggled because you need quite some seri- you know, reasonably serious hardware to do that. Uh, but yes, yeah, start just broadcasting from, uh, from YouTube Live or, or Facebook Live from those apps themselves. And uh, then you could then progress, once you've got confident with that, to the likes of BeLive, uh, which is, for des- is a web app you can use and uh, Ecom Live for, for, for Mac, uh, Wirecast, that kind of thing. And they, they allow you to do things like switching, switching your cameras. You can bring in uh, guests a lot more easily. Yes, you can bring in guests on a mobile device. It's sometimes a little bit buggy. Uh, so, but start small and, and build it up over time. Yeah, and we'll, um, we'll have all links to all these various pieces of software and kit and so forth in the show notes for this, for this episode. So um, listen to the end and I'll shout that out. But so we've kind of got over the fear of, of the tools and we're starting simple and, you know, we're not overcomplicating things. I think that's really good advice. So now it comes down to, you know, I guess, and you have touched on this as well, but I want to dive a bit deeper into what are we actually going to say and how is that going to effectively move the people who are watching to take the right sort of action that's going to make a difference for our business. Hey, Ben here. I just want to take a moment to help you out with something. If you, like many of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast listeners, are looking for ways to do video for your business better, then keep listening. I've put together a free Foundations video course designed to help you better understand the fundamentals of effective online video strategy for your brand or business. The three-part video series will step you through the roadmap to ensuring you know what videos to make and why, so you can get started the right way with video for your business. To jump in right now for free, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com foundations. I can't wait to see you there. I guess it's all well and good, like getting some people to watch us live on on a video when we're going live for the purpose of, of our business. But, you know, what can we say or how can we get people to actually engage in the right way that's going to move them to actually take the right action for our business? Do you have any mm. tips there? Yeah. So, well, first of all, I would say don't just think about the live viewers because actually you can have many more people watching the replay. Yes. And sometimes I've found that my videos from a year or two back are still getting views today. You know, I, I'm a big believer in making a live video into evergreen content. So never forget that. And actually that can help you structure your live video as well, because you're not just focusing on your live viewers, you're thinking about structuring it so that you can uh, engage the replay viewers later. And just a quick Mm. thing on that, I used to start my live videos 
with a countdown timer because I was so focused on getting live viewers in. So I'd wait three minutes for say this show is about to start and I'd have this countdown timer. And I was really pleased with myself. It was really cool. It was a nice background and all this kind of stuff. And then I realized this is so, so boring for the replay viewers. No one's going to watch three minutes of nothing, even if there's some fancy music in the background. Yes, they can fast forward it, but it's just not engaging. So I think you need to think of both those audiences to begin with. So as I said, to begin with, it's all to do with structuring your show. Start off focusing on your replay viewers first, then bring when you get some live viewers and coming in, then do introduce, do, do say hello to those people. People love to be, uh, sh- to have their name shouted out. And you also need to remind them to do a few things for you to get involved. So to comment, to like, and to share. Now I hate doing this. I hate asking people to share my content, but actually it really does work. You know, so some people just need, they, they just don't think about, um, sharing it. So I actually say, look, if there's anyone, you know, who'd also be interested in this, please share it to share it out. And Facebook uh, makes that really easy. So some of the other platforms make that really easy as well, such as uh, Periscope, YouTube, and, and the like. So, so, so do that. And then uh, obviously make sure you're introducing what you're talking about. And what I like to do is to, to give them a little bit of, um, what would I say? Just a, a bit of a teaser. Say that you're going to share something really exciting at the end of the live video. Uh, and just leave it like that. Uh, then go straight into the main part of the content. And that's that's really important uh, because this bit you can then repurpose for later. So you can always say to people, I'm going to please carry on leaving your comments, but uh, I'm going to get back to them after this section. Then you can share your content. Uh, that can be repurposed for later. And after that, you can then bring in the comments in, and uh, potentially if you're using software such as Ecamm or be live, you can highlight those on the screen uh, and get people involved. Then the final thing that you, you should do is obviously after you've shared your exciting piece of exclusive information that you teased about before, uh, is to give them a call to action. What, what are you wanting people to do? Uh, is it a course that you're selling? Is it an event? Uh, share that and make it really, really easy for people to to, to find out what that is. Uh, if you're feeling really technical, you could use a tool for Facebook, such as ManyChat, which allows you to use a trigger word. So I don't want to get too technical, but what you can do here is you can set up so that if you, if anyone in the comments uses the word, um, rhubarb, okay. Or something like that. (laughs) And if they, if they use that word, then they will be sent a link in their messenger to whatever it is. It could be an event or it could be a PDF that you're a PDF download. So it's a quick way of when people are on the move and watching you live, that they, they, you can send them that information using a messenger bot. So that's something you could set up in uh, many chats. The final thing is just to, to leave people wanting more. Don't go on too long and, uh, tell people when you're next going to go live. Cause of course we're all going to be consistent. We're doing this on a, on a regular basis. And so people need to know when you're next going live, you click the end button and you would think that that's the end of it. You can go and relax, but of course it's not. You then, what I recommend that you do is to go back to the comments and, and like, and re- reply to them and be really engaged after the broadcast. Uh, so I could go on, but that's uh, probably a, a, f- a few tips for you. 
Yeah. And I think what's really important there is that the content that you're sharing is about providing value to, to the viewer, to the audience. It's not just about um, jumping on live and talking about you or what you've got going on or what you're selling at the moment. You know, I think like you've mentioned there, there are, there are good ways to use that call to action time of your live broadcast to pitch something or share something or drive an action towards something for your business. But I, I really feel, and I think you would too, that you need to be providing value, you know, educating or, or sharing a story or, you know, yeah. for people to watch, they need to be getting some, it's about what's in it for them, not what's in it for you as a yeah, broadcaster. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's so true. Yeah. It, it's, it's so easy. I've seen so many people do this. They go live and they have no idea what they're talking about. They may just have like 10 minutes. They're walking the dog and they just end up gibbering on about nothing and what value have you given now i think sometimes going for a walk with a dog or just going out for a walk and you've got something on your mind uh, maybe you're going through an experience in your business and you want to share that but if you're sharing it just because you want to share it i don't think that's a good enough reason if you but if you're sharing it because you want your audience to learn from your experience you want to get kind of uh, share some truths or some experiences or some expertise through your experience, then absolutely share that. Um, but we should always be thinking about the audience uh, and what they can learn from it. So last year, I went through a bit of a difficult time, uh, some ups and downs, as we all, we all do with the, the entrepreneurial world. And I, I was quite candid and quite honest about, uh, I was going through a bit of, not quite depression, but almost that. And but I was sharing some sharing some thoughts on how people could learn from that experience and and some tips on how to 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 drive through those experiences and I think that was valuable to my audience. But if I just shared, oh, I'm really down at the moment, everything's going bad, and da, 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 then what are my audience going to learn from that? Nothing. So you always need to think about your audience first. Yeah, I think that's that's so important and thinking about that before you go live, which we've mentioned a few times mm. before in, in this, uh, in this interview. So look, I'm just wanting to, to wrap up here. I think we've given people a lot, you know, I think potentially for people who haven't been experiencing or, or playing with live video before, there is a lot to think about, but I don't want to overwhelm people to not take action as well. So, you know, I, I really value the information you've shared and making it easier for people, encouraging people just to give it a go as well. But just to wrap up, I'm interested to explore with you where you think this space is is going next because, you know, for people who are familiar with the Facebook algorithm, for example, it's as of the time of this recording, this podcast, it's, um, it, it's widely recognized that live video is favored in the Facebook algorithm. Um, and, you know, there are more and more platforms. I mean, Instagram live, for example, has come across, come around since Facebook live. Mm. There are more and more platforms coming out all the time, but where are we going with this? Is live going to take over these platforms? Um, or, you know, where do you think the role of live video in the digital space is going? So I don't think it's going to take over at all. I think it will grow. I think there are more and more businesses that are starting to embrace it or want to embrace it. So I, I'm, I'm really excited because there are loads of people that are wanting to go live at the moment. It's a great time. Uh, but it is just another content platform. So I, I don't think it's going to replace blogging. It's not going to replace 
uh, regular video. It's not, it's just part of, it should be part of our overall strategy as business owners and and marketing our, our business. In terms of other platforms that are coming out, I'm pretty sure LinkedIn uh, are going to be launching uh, a live video at some point. Uh, I could be wrong, but uh, I'd be very surprised if they didn't launch live video. So watch out for LinkedIn. And the likes of Facebook are, have released a few extra uh, features, such as what's called Facebook Premiere, which is interesting. So this is uh, the ability to stream live pre-recorded video. So if you've got some pre-recorded video, uh, you can then just add that to Facebook Premiere and, and uh, schedule that later in the week at a particular time. And then your audience and you can watch it together. So this is actually probably another, another strategy to, to help you get over your nerves. You could start off with launching a Premiere video, which is kind of like live, but it isn't. So, uh, so that's something else that's interesting. Uh, and yeah, there's all the all the platforms are, are launching extra extra features. You know, there's uh, again back to Facebook, they're launching polls and quizzes to make uh, live video more interactive. So I, I think that's where we go. We're going to find features that make it more engaging, more interactive, a little bit more interesting. And I'm really excited to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about, I feel it's all about humanizing that business or that interaction, that humanizing those, those conversations through those digital platforms, which I think video is kind of unique in its ability to do that. So yeah, yeah, really appreciate your thoughts on that. And I know you've got some great resources and ways that people who are listening to this podcast who are interested potentially in finding out more about live video or getting better at live video or Mm. just you know, joining other people who are new to this live video space. So can you, can you let us know where people can learn more about you and learn more from you? Yeah, I'd love to connect with people. I'm always happy to help people with any questions or concerns that they've got. But the best place to start is my website, just iag.me. There are loads of articles there on on live video, different aspects of it, whether it's technical or with the confidence, any of that kind of thing. Uh, I've got a free Facebook group. So if you just search for Confident Live Marketing Jumpstart, I know it's a big mouthful, Confident Live Marketing Jumpstart. uh, That's a free Facebook group. uh, And we do some video live video challenges from time to time. And I've also got a community that I'm going to be launching very soon called the Confident Live Marketing Academy. So if you just go to confidentlivemarketingacademy.com, you can find find out about that when it launches. Excellent. Thanks, Ian. And of course, we'll have all those links as well in the show notes. And I'm a member of your Jumpstart Facebook group as well. So looking forward to seeing some listeners of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast jumping in there as well to jumpstart their live video. So Ian, thanks again for your time. It's been a a really great chat. That's been great. Thank you, Ben. And uh, I look forward to hearing your podcasts in the future. So are you ready to go live now? Were any of the blocks that were holding you back smashed down in this episode? Let me know. And even better, tag me in your next live video as I'd love to see what you're up to. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, I'd love a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Every rating and all the feedback helps me grow this show and most importantly helps me better understand what's working for you and what's not when it comes to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Let's work together. 
to make this a better show and the kind of show you want to keep tuning into every single week. Now, make sure to come back next week for episode 68 as I'm bringing a returning guest back to the show. Well, kind of. You see, Philip Van Dusen from Verhel Brand Design in New York was actually one of the very earliest guests on the Engage With Story podcast, which was the predecessor to the Engage Video Marketing podcast. And since I had him on the show, his YouTube channel has simply gone nuts. So I wanted to bring him back on this time to talk all about YouTube, what's been working for him, what triggered the explosion of subscribers and viewers to his channel, and how he'll be planning on capitalizing on that growth to continue to grow his consultancy and business. Now it's going to be a good one, a bit of a case study, so be sure to subscribe so you'll be the first to get to that next week. Until then, take care. I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing and I'm here to help you grow your business through effective online video strategy. So go on, do awesome live videos this week and I'll be back with you again real soon. Did you know that your email list can often become the most valuable asset to your business? If you've been building your business for any time at all and haven't yet built an email list, then now's the time to get started. Or maybe you've got an email list but struggle to make the most of it. I want to introduce you to my email list provider and I know you're going to love them too. ConvertKit is the email provider built by creators for creators. The team at ConvertKit have been in our shoes and they know what it takes to grow a successful business. And your email list is the tool that will get you there. The best thing is that ConvertKit is seriously easy to use, powerful, but intuitive. Personally, I've tried a handful of email service providers over the years, Aweber, MailChimp, Infusionsoft, but since switching to ConvertKit over 12 months ago, I seriously have not looked back. And as an engaged video marketing podcast listener, I've arranged for you to get your first 30 days of ConvertKit absolutely free. Normally, you only get 14 days if you sign up direct through their website. So to give it a try for 30 days, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash ConvertKit. Now, this is my affiliate link. So if you do become a ConvertKit customer, then you'll be supporting this show and investing in your business through clever email marketing at the same time. So it's a win-win. The link again, engagevideomarketing.com slash convertkit.